0: Welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Robert Dunn, the CEO of Opportunity International Australia. Uh, Robert has formerly been uh, working with the Patrick Corporation and Price Waterhouse in the corporate sector and then felt led to come across and help out a wonderful ministry uh, like Opportunity International Australia. He's also a director of Baptist Community Services in New South Wales, which is an aged care uh, and community services uh, outreach down in New South Wales. Welcome to History Makers, Robert. Thanks, Matt. Matt. It's uh, great to have you up here in sunny Brisbane.
1: It's great to be here. (laughs) Thanks.
0: Now, uh, let's uh, find out a little bit of your story. Uh, sure. You obviously uh, worked for many years uh, in accounting and uh, the business arena. How did you get into that? Was that always a dream of yours from a young age? Or- uh,
1: not really. Uh, I think it was the, the default left over from not wanting to be a doctor or a lawyer. I uh, just kept the options open, and, and my dad has uh, a, a career based around that, and, uh, and it felt right for me. So I ended up um, joining Pricewaterhouse after uni and uh, look forward to a career in business.
0: And tell me about your faith. Did you have a, a Christian faith in the early days?
1: Yeah, I'm blessed to be part of a Christian family. Mum and Dad have been a great influence on me and uh, always went to church, always did well in the Sunday school exams, but it was uh, when I was about 14 that it went from head to heart. And uh, I remember the evening it was uh, sitting in church seeing some visitors who were singing at our church and I just looked at them and said, "They, th- this is more real for them than it is for me. And uh, that was the night I committed my life.
0: And how did you do that? Did you pray a prayer or did you talk to someone about no, it?
1: No, I just prayed a prayer. I knew all, I knew all the what-to-dos. Um, yeah. uh, I had all the head knowledge needed. But I just realized it wasn't me committing my life. So it was just a, a prayer of commitment. And then it's been a journey ever since.
0: Wonderful. Now, tell me, um, you, you're also a part of a Baptist church uh, down in, uh, in Sydney. Yes. And you just mentioned to me briefly that uh, you used to be the treasurer, and your wife was the treasurer's wife. But that's now, right.
1: <laughs> and now I'm the secretary's husband. So,
0: <laughs> and and you actually mow the lawns at your yeah. Church? Well, at we, all the, of, we all mow the lawns. <laughs> well, I'm very impressed to hear you know that the CEO of a great organisation uh, like uh, Opportunity International mows the lawns at his local church. You, you got to do something you can do. You know. <laughs> that, that's wonderful to hear. And uh, and tell me, how did you move from the uh, the corporate world to to Opportunity International?
1: There's, there's really two answers to that. Um, Um, In in one sense, I left my job um, two and a half years ago following a takeover. The company I worked for was taken over. And uh, as a result of that, I I left that organisation. And uh, I seemed to stumble across Opportunity International, which I didn't know before then. And I thought, frankly, I didn't think I'd be interested in joining it. But when I got to know the organisation, all my preconceptions were blown away. And I thought, this is actually a really... A really interesting place where I'll, I'll be able to do something significant, contribute, and apply what I've learned in the business world for 30 years into this organization that's doing so much good. Um, but another way of looking at that is I, th- I think I've been destined to be involved in something like opportunity. When I was 24, I spent uh, five weeks backpacking around India. And uh, it's the only country, developing country I've spent any time in. And now so much of our work's involved in India. And um, I, I, when I was f- about 14, when I came to the Lord, I, I had this strong conviction that I wanted to do something significant in my life and help people. Uh, and I don't want to downplay the intervening period, but it just seemed to make sense that uh, all the stars were aligning, if you like, for me to come and join Opportunity and do my part
0: now, uh, some listeners mightn't understand what opportunity does. Yep. Uh, so imagine you and I are on an airplane, and I'm sitting next to you. You've got your suit on. So what do you do for a crust, mate?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Well, we, we are involved in microfinance, and, uh, and all of a sudden this sounds a bit uninteresting. But um, what it is is providing a loan. Typically, it's a loan to a poor person to get them a start in life economically, um, it's um, it's not a gift. It's not a it's not charity. We don't do charity. Uh, it's a loan that needs to be repaid and repaid with interest. But it's a hand up. It's not a hand out. And and the aim of the game is to encourage that person to start a a really tiny business that will enable them to lift themselves out of poverty so the people that we focus on our heroes are people who live in the developing world countries like india the philippines indonesia and really don't have access to more than two dollars a day it's not even a cup of coffee for us and that's what they've got to make their lives work on and if we can provide a small loan a hundred dollar loan two hundred dollar loan something like that they might be able to buy a second-hand sewing machine, some material, and start making clothes and selling those clothes and providing an extra income for their family. So I like it because it's about a business solution to a really hard social problem, but I also like it because it's the people themselves that solve their problem, if you like.
0: You know, I was just thinking in the car here. um, I interviewed uh, David Bessow a while back, who's the founder of uh, Opportunity International, and... uh, I was so inspired to hear all the statistics and the amazing uh, stories of what ninety percent of the loans get repaid. Ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight. Oh, sorry, ninety-eight. I forgot to add on the GST. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's just incredible. Uh, But I thought about (laughs) the parable of the talents. Yeah. In the Bible, now it's the story where (laughs) one guy gets given two talents, uh, one guy gets given five talents, uh, and is it ten? Is it two, five, and ten? Yeah, that's right. And. the guy with the five and the guy with the ten goes and invests them yeah. and gets a return on the investment. Yeah. The guy that gets the two talents buries it and doesn't get any return and yeah. and basically gets chastised from the master because he didn't do what he was meant to do. Yeah. Really, you're, that's the principle of, of OI, isn't it? You, you're encouraging people to go out yeah. and make something of themselves.
1: Yeah, there's a number of real solid biblical principles upon which um, the organisation or the ideas founded. And seizing the moment is one of them and and uh providing a good full life an abundant life John 10:10 10, 10 is another one so burying your talent in the ground is not what we're meant to do we're meant to seize the moment relying on God what he has for us uh, that's our view and and for the way we look at the world there's a whole section of of humanity that's cut out from getting a start economically which means that when kids are sick they die or you know, if there's not sufficient medical services for your daughter who's giving birth, she'll die, or she could die. You know, places like India have horrific maternal health stats. We have so much in the West, and so using what we have to help those who don't have, that's what I think Christianity is about. You're blessed to be a blessing. You're not blessed to sit on your bottom and just enjoy.
0: Now, um, I'm sure you've got countless stories that you've heard over the years of People whose lives have been impacted by these loans. Yeah, is there any that you, you want to share with us now that are that are some great success stories? From-
1: there are great success <laughs> stories. Um, there's and and you meet them all the time. Um, and there's some actually some amazing um, stories of women. T- most of our clients are women. Um, or, or in fact, they're our partner's clients. We partner with indigenous microfinance institutions. So the, the organisations that have the clients aren't us. They're our friends. They're our partners in the countries. And, and I'm thinking of one Filipino lady who exports product to America and there's an Indian woman in Hyderabad who exports, she's a major exporter of wigs to America. But mainly you meet normal people and I think they're the successors. They may just raise pigs or raise chickens or have a buffalo or something like that or a little grocery store. So they're not amazing entrepreneurs. Uh, they're just normal people like you and me. And through their own hard work and application, they're now feeding their families properly. Or the kids, that you, you talk to them and you say, "What's what's difference does this made in your life?'' All my grandchildren go to school and I pay the school fees. And you know, I think, wow, that's that's the sort of stuff I think. Well, I don't have to think about that, but she's thinking about her kids. And that's what I think about, you know. And, and when you talk to them, their, their fears and concerns are about are the kids going to grow up right or, or peer pressures and social impact. And, man, they're just like you and me, you know. And why wouldn't they be? Mm-hmm. Um, so – I, I just find talking to clients is the, is the most inspiring thing and they don't have to be ins- doing inspiring businesses, uh, they're just applying grabbing their opportunity.
0: So out of Australian operations where you're the CEO, mm. what countries do you focus on? We, we focus
1: on three countries, um, India and the Philippines and Indonesia. Um, and you mentioned David Bessow. David's our founder and, and hero. He's, he started the organization in Indonesia and quickly set up organizations, indigenous organizations, microfinance organizations in the Philippines. So for 30 years, we've been serving the poor in the Philippines and Indonesia. And, and our, our role is to come alongside them, provide the capital that donors give us, uh, so if somebody gives us 200 bucks, that can, that, can, that can change a family's life permanently, 200 hundred mm. It's amazing, isn't it, how far it goes? Mm. Um, and recently we've started a program in India, poorest, one of the poorest countries in the world. You, you think of India as a major developed country, and it is. There's two Indias here, but there's, there's a huge number of really poor people in India who are getting left behind, and the economic miracle of India is not helping them. And uh, we now have uh, sent 11, last year we sent $11.5 million into India and we have 12 partners and between them they have 800,000 clients. So there's a lot going on. Uh, Australians, generous Australians are affecting a country like India and, and, uh, and poor people in cities and in villages.
0: Now, let's uh, get back to the parable of the talents right now. There's probably people listening that are thinking, you know what, hearing this guy that was working from these big-shot companies who's now running this organisation, you know, um, they're probably convicted, thinking, you know, I need, to, <laughs> I need to invest my talents a bit more. Sure. Uh, let's make it easy for them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> how, okay. how can people support <laughs> Opportunity International okay. Australia? What's, what's the list of things we can do? All right. We can
1: go, you can go to a website uh, at www.opportunity.org.au. Um, there's a toll-free number you can call, 1-800-NUMBER, 1-800-812-164, 812-164, and you can donate. So you can you can make a donation over the web or ring up and organize to make a donation, and your money will go to help the poor. Uh, you can pray for our partners and, and uh, what we do as well, and you can learn and read and, and start reading about microfinance. You know, I always thought... Um, Poverty was the problem that couldn't be solved. The hidden secret is it is being solved. So you can actually do something and and impact people. You may not know who they are, but you can impact people.
0: And you know, just speaking personally, uh, you know, I'm the pastor of a church up here in Brisbane called New Hope Brisbane. And uh, there was a young lady that came along to our church a couple of years ago, and she said, "My friend told me I had to come to your church." I said, "Okay, tell me about your friend." <laughs> she said, "Oh, well, she's involved in a in a group called Opportunity International and I was, you know, working in the business sector and happily going along, making money, and then my friend challenged me and said, "Look, you need to do something. Mm. You need to start helping the poor." So she got involved with Opportunity International, and then realised that she had this void in her life, this this um, gap that was there was something that was missing in her life, and she realised that she needed to have a relationship with Jesus, and so she came to our church, became a Christian, and now she's. Uh, uh, speaking at ladies' nights about Optune International and, and l- heading over to India regularly and her husband's now coming to church. Their lives have been completely changed. Yeah. Uh, is that the kind of thing that you see a lot of with people that are involved with OI? Yeah,
1: yeah. transformation mm. is one of our key words, mm. holistic transformation, you know, full life, abundant full life. Mm. And um, one of the great... I mean, our focus is on the poor, um, we, we don't exist to help Australians transform their lives. We exist to help the poor. But one of the great side benefits is exactly what you just described. I mean, I've been transformed in the two and a half years I've been here uh, by seeing what can happen and, and being ministered to by the poor. Mm. And, uh, and I think God works through them. Mm. Uh, and so what you've described is not unusual and i, I think it's cyclical mm. you know it's the energy is, is recycled and so I, I think she's great she's called a, in our language she's called an ambassador there are ambassadors all over the country and they they're advocates they do what she does they mm. spread the word so if you want to be an ambassador if you want to get involved you can be you don't have to work for us mm. uh it's not just about money it's about application time, Mm. Mm. and you can also find out about that on the website.
0: Let's just touch on something else before we wrap up. So I've talked about this lady at my church who uh, actually became a Christian uh, through this, and you you talked about when you were 14, some people were singing at your church, and Mm. they had a real relationship with God, and that's something that you wanted. What about those listeners now that are also searching for God, that maybe haven't prayed before, don't know anything about church, haven't really had a relationship with God before. Mm-hmm. Would you speak to those listeners now, Rob, and, and share with them how they could go on that journey towards God? Sure. I'll share from the
1: basis of my experience. Um, th- I, think, I think the first step is to realize that God is God and you are not. And our natural tendency is to play God. And so um, what I had to do was realize that I was actually not in charge of my life if I wanted my life to work well. And so coming to the understanding that against God's measures, you're not measuring up. um, And you need to confess that to God and say, well, I don't want to run my life anymore. I want you to run my life. And I I confess I've done things that you're not happy about. And I've not put you in the place in my life where you you want to be. Uh, So confessing that and asking for God's forgiveness is a big part of of, of starting this journey with God, and then God will bless you. He's a loving God. He, you know, we have these strict views of God. I think I see God as primarily just gracious and patient and loving, and He loves you more than more than you realise. Uh, to the extent of allowing His Son to take your punishment for for you. So um, it's all you know. It's an interesting. It's the full life. It's the abundant life. Um, it's the life we want for our clients um, and our supporters. It's a great thing to get alongside somebody who can help take you through this process. If you know a pastor you can trust or somebody who's a Christian, ask them about it. Wonderful.
0: Now, uh, if anyone wants any more information about what Rob's has talked about, uh, you can go to the website, historymakersradio.com. There we'll also have a link. Uh, to the Opportunity International Australia website and uh, make sure people can get in contact and invest their talents and change the world and be a history maker like you are, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, thanks. It's been a pleasure. History makers.